Hello, and welcome back to Home at Last in Mass. If you've listened before, you know that this is the podcast in which we educate, empower, and inspire the first-time homebuyer in Massachusetts. Brought to you by Mass Housing, the leader in affordable housing financing in Massachusetts. I'm your host, Eric Gedstad. This is Episode 9, Buying a Home During the Pandemic, Part 2. Okay, so before we get into it, just a quick reminder what I'm doing here. I wanted to share my own personal experience buying a home during the pandemic. When the pandemic started, I didn't have any intention of buying a home. But as you know, life proceeds, and it ended up being the right time for me and my family to move. And so we dove in, and I thought, this is a perfect opportunity to share with listeners who are thinking about buying a home not only what it's like to buy a home during the pandemic, and there are a few things to keep in mind, of course, it's a little bit different, but I also thought this is a great opportunity to share some details around the home buying process right as I'm going through it, right? So sometimes we give advice and encouragement and point you towards resources which are kind of like the textbook version, like here, here's what you should be doing. Well, I think there's no substitute for talking to somebody who's actually going through the process in real time, and it just so happens that that person is me. So I hope this is helpful, and I'm going to continue to walk through my own personal experience about what it's been like. So, a quick reminder about who we are. Mass Housing is short for the Massachusetts Housing Finance Agency. We are what is known as a quasi-governmental agency. That means we were created by a Massachusetts law. That happened way back in 1966. But we operate more like a private company, and we don't need taxpayer dollars to do business. We were created to make housing more affordable in Massachusetts. One of our primary missions is to make home ownership more of a reality for people with modest incomes. Put more simply, we are more about people and less about profits. We really do care about helping people of modest means achieve the dream of home ownership. So, at the end of episode 8, I left you in suspense. We were undertaking what I thought might be nearly impossible, which was to buy a home during the pandemic. We'd put on our masks, looked at houses, found the one we wanted, and made an offer. And we waited for the seller's response. It was actually that same night that we'd put in the offer through our realtor that we heard back. And the answer was, offer accepted. There were high fives all around. What was also great was that our offer was accepted without a counter offer. We were very excited. So, after a short amount of celebration, it was time to get down to business. That official offer to purchase real estate had some hard deadlines in it. The first one we needed to address was the home inspection, and we had just one week in which to get that done. We got the names of some home inspectors from our realtor. At the time I did this, businesses were just beginning to reopen. Some of the inspectors had a backlog of jobs. Please continue to hold your call here. Others said, sorry, we're not doing inspections right now. We don't want to go into people's homes. We found one company that could do the job in the time frame we needed. Over the phone, the company offered, and we elected to get not only the home inspection, but our radon test as well. We'll talk about radon in just a minute. 
The estimate I got for the inspection and the radon test together was around $800. On the day of the inspection, we met the inspector at the property we were buying. Our realtor was there too, as was the seller's agent. And by the way, I sometimes say realtor and sometimes say seller's or buyer's agent. I'm using these terms interchangeably. During the inspection, everyone was wearing a mask and everyone was being careful to keep the six feet minimum distance from each other. Our inspector was a really friendly guy named Tom. He used to build homes, but after 30 years of swinging a hammer and lifting heavy things, he opted for this slightly less strenuous line of work as a home inspector. It was great to have such a knowledgeable person looking at the house for us. I followed Tom around the property and listened as he pointed things out. I learned about the home and how it works and everything that goes into it. Periodically, Tom would take notes and take photos. I took a notepad with me to write down things I wanted to follow up on later. But keep in mind, your money is paying for a very detailed inspection report at the end. For me, the inspection is one of my favorite things about the home buying process. It is a real opportunity to learn how homes are built and how the systems work. You want to learn everything you can. After all, you will be the owner of every single inch of this place once you have your closing. Also, every home inspector I've ever met likes teaching people about houses and how to care for them. You can pick up some really great advice about how to fix things on your own or what kind of services you might need down the road just by asking. We went over every square foot of the home. We looked at the roof, the furnace, the power lines coming into the house. We looked for any evidence of termite damage. Termites are little tiny insects that eat wood, which, as you might guess, is very bad for homes which are made largely of wood. No termites, thankfully. We talked about the septic system, since this town doesn't have a public sewer system. And Tom tested everything. Appliances, heat, hot water, water pressure, he opened the fuse boxes, turned up the thermostats, looked over the furnace, the hot water heater, looked at whether or not the fireplace is operational, and if the pipes are new or old. You name it, he looked at it. We even pulled down the stairs to the attic, and up we went, Tom brandishing his flashlight and telling me the finer points of fiberglass insulation, joists, eaves, and soffits. I needed to remind myself that Massachusetts has a lot of older housing, and there are always going to be a few things that aren't perfect. Unless you are buying new construction, and that is pretty rare for a first-time buyer, on these home inspections you're just looking for major things that might cost a lot of money. Of course, you need to understand your own level of tolerance. If you want homes that have very few issues, be prepared to pay more. There are going to be little things that are less than perfect. The home inspection is not about finding every little thing and then asking the seller to fix it all and put the home in brand new condition. You are just looking for major issues that might be very expensive to repair down the road, or structural defects, or other things that might cause you to reconsider the purchase, or one or two things to negotiate with the seller. There may be a few things that you do want remedied, however. Discuss these with your realtor. You may be able to negotiate so that the seller does repair some things, or you may be able to obtain what's called a seller credit. In our case, there were two dead trees in the yard that needed to be removed. The sellers agreed to pay to have them removed before we moved in. They also agreed to have some minor electrical repairs made at their expense. 
This was all negotiated by the buyers and the seller's agents. Later that same evening of the day we had the inspection, I got an email from Tom with the full inspection report, which included a write-up and photos. Just keep in mind, the inspector is not going to tell you whether or not to buy the house. They are just providing the facts. It is up to you and your realtor to decide whether to seek some concessions from the seller or to not buy the house at all. And lastly, no matter what, only use a licensed home inspector. Okay, so let's go back to that radon test for a minute. When we finished the walkthrough, Tom left a device in the basement that would stay there for two days and measure the levels of radon gas. At this point on radon, I would say Google it. Radon is a naturally occurring gas that can come up through a basement and it can have some negative health effects. This is most relevant on a single family home or a condo that is on the ground level. Radon is very common. There are environmentally acceptable levels of radon in a home. But if there is more, there are systems that can be installed to vent it outside and make it safe. Let your inspection company and realtor guide you on these things. That's what they get paid for. But just know about it and be informed so you are not caught off guard. Okay, so listen, action comes quickly when you're buying a home. With the inspection done, we had to turn our attention to the purchase and sale agreement. So, get ready for a quick dive into one of the key legal documents of the whole home buying process. It's time to bring in the lawyers. Remember that offer to purchase real estate? It also had a deadline by which the buyers, that's us, and the sellers would sign a purchase and sales agreement, also known as the P&S. When we knew our offer had been accepted, we had asked our realtor for his suggestions for an attorney to represent us. One of the attorney's main duties is to work with the seller's attorney to negotiate the P&S. The P&S is a very legalistic document. It is a formal and binding contract, so you're gonna need an attorney. They're not terribly expensive, and you can most likely get a referral from your realtor. You can also just Google real estate attorneys in your area. The specialty you want is someone who has done residential real estate transactions and closings. As you might expect, it is a fairly common area of expertise in the legal community. Again, this is not something you are going to want to do on your own, and you need to resist the urge to ask that uncle who maybe took a law class 20 years ago, or that friend of a friend who once practiced some kind of law, but who's retired now. Don't be intimidated by finding and working with an attorney. This is something you need to do and be confident about if you want to do this right. The P&S outlines all of the terms by which the property will be sold. It gets very technical. It also includes things that the buyer and seller want done prior to the closing, which in our case was set for mid-July. Also, back to that radon test for a minute. Our test revealed that there were higher than acceptable levels of radon. So, we asked the sellers to install a radon mitigation system to channel the radon gas up and out of the basement through a pipe with a small fan in it. They agreed to do that, and the lawyers wrote it into the purchase and sales agreement. The negotiating happens between the buyer's and seller's agents and the buyer's and seller's attorneys. This is where having a really good team comes in handy. You don't need to know everything about how this process works, although remember, knowledge is power. But 
you don't have to sit across the table and be some kind of steely-eyed, take-no-prisoners negotiator. Now, I've got a little insight into down payment money at this point. At the signing of the purchase and sale agreement, we needed to pay about 5% of the purchase price as a deposit. We had already paid the sellers $1,000 when we gave them our signed offer to purchase, which is typical. So now we owed a little less than 5%. So just make a note of that, that you will need some of your down payment money ready at the signing of the P&S. The rest of the down payment will be made at closing, which as I noted, was scheduled to be about six weeks from the date that the P&S is signed by the buyers and sellers. We got very involved in the purchase and sales agreement. But remember the lender? They're the ones who were loaning us the money to buy the home. Well, they were keeping tabs on things off to the side. They wanted to know how the inspection went. They wanted to know who our attorney was. The lender had to order an appraisal from an appraisal company. This appraisal would tell the lender whether or not the home is worth what we are paying for it and whether it is a prudent loan for the lender to make. The lawyers did their thing, and finally, we signed the purchase and sale agreement. It was a major milestone on the journey to being a homeowner. It's a legal contract, and it meant that we were really going to buy the house. And if we didn't for some reason, well, then we were probably going to lose some of the money we'd put toward the deposit. You know, buying a house requires a few deep breaths now and then, and we took a few at that point. With the inspection and the purchase and sales agreement done, we could start planning for the closing and could start to think about the logistics of actually moving. On the next episode, I'll tell you about the closing itself and our preparations for the move, which is right around the corner. Coming up in about 10 seconds, a little inspiration to keep you motivated on the road to home ownership. Hang on. My last bit of advice today, stay curious and stay involved during the process. A few things that I have done that I encourage you to do as well are to ask questions of the seller's realtor about what the community is like, what the neighborhood is like, what amenities are there nearby. Look at everything when you visit a home, and especially when you do the inspection. Sure, it's fun to see where you would put the couch and to think about paint colors, but in addition to whether or not it feels like a place you want to live, make sure you look at the roof, the furnace, the windows, the electrical system, and all of those things we often take for granted. Those are the things that are going to take time and money down the road, usually when you least want to deal with them. Hey, thanks for joining me on this unusual experience of buying a home during a pandemic. Hopefully you can see that it can be done, as long as you take the proper precautions and can be a little more patient than usual. We'll continue this journey on the next episode. Until then, stay determined and keep walking down the road to home ownership. Don't forget to go to masshousing.com for all kinds of helpful home buying tips as well as links to our top lending professionals who can help you determine if an affordable mass housing loan is right for you. See you next time on Home at Last in Mass. Mm -hmm.